Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. That's about as upbeat as it's going to get yet again on this podcast because it was another shit fest last night. A 3-1 defeat at Northampton Town and to help me talk through it, I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Redden Chronicle. How are you doing, James? Yeah, good, thanks, Paul. Tad ties, didn't get into that one o'clock this morning and back up to work, but who doesn't love a, another Reading FC away day? I mean, will we ever win again? Win away again, uh, James? I, I, I'm just not sure because it feels like it's endless. Yeah, yeah, I, I've come to the point now where I don't think I will ever see Reading win again away from home in the next 50 years of my life. So I've kind of, I, I saw the 9-0 win and that's kind of just it now. I've, I've left on a high and now we're going to lose every game for the next 50 years. Yeah, that that was it, wasn't it, Hugh? I mean, I think, um, I don't know if you were at the 9-0, but if you were, that was it. You should never go again to another away game, should you? No, unfortunately, I'm not going to be, I mean, I heard you on the previous podcast about it'll be like the Robin Friday goal, and so I won't claim that I was at the <laughs> 9-0 either, but um, I'm going to the next two away games, so it'd be nice if we could maybe put in a bit of a better performance at one of those two. Can it get much worse? Um, yeah, I think we can only get worse. Unfortunately, with Reading, we, we think we've hit rock bottom and then we just keep on losing away in League One, completely deservedly. If you're a Northampton fan coming in here and listening, expecting some bitterness, zero. You deserve to win completely and utterly. But let's talk about those three goals that we conceded. David Button. Now, a professional goalkeeper i got to say, they are three of the worst goals I've seen. I mean, Joe Lumley's uh, in the background saying, Paul, I think you'll find I'm a contender for this. But, Hugh, what did you think of that first goal that we conceded from Hoskins in the 10th minute? It's shambolic, isn't it? You, you know, to go off on a slight tangent, when I was younger, I used to play in goal as my position playing football because I was always quite a lanky kid anyway. And so... 
But the moment I realised I'd never make it as a keyboard because I used to make those kind of howlers. But now watching David Button makes me think at, at the age of 29, should I just go down to Bearwood and just go, look, give us a chance. I might, I might save a few in training and, and see what happens because the, fir- the first one's the worst. And it's, it's one of those, it, they attack down uh, their left wing. Harley Dean gets a bit wrong-footed by the pass inside. But you're looking at the angle that I think it's Hoskins shoots from, and you think, oh, it's a routine save because he's got to do something special from there. Like, he's got to hit it across button in a way that it would have to just completely fizz past him. And because I was sat right behind the goal, um, well, stood right behind the goal yesterday, and it was almost like for a brief second, you hit, you see he's put his hands out, so you think, okay, he's just pushed it away. And then the next thing you know, the ball's just squirmed underneath him and trickled over the line and properly trickled as well because it has just gone so slowly into the back of the net. And you're like, what, what on earth? That's an experienced goalkeeper. It's not someone young making a mistake. He's been, he's been around the block at some good teams as well, Brentford, Brighton, West Brom, but... West Brom fans did warn us when we signed him that he had a, a howler in him. And, and my God, any other keeper yesterday, I know we're saying, like, and don't get me wrong, Northampton fully good for a win yesterday. But apart from the goals, they didn't really test David Button. They might have been all over us, but they didn't test him other than every time he just kind of flapped it into the net. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? But... I think all three goals he should save, James. I mean, we'll obviously go into the other ones later, but you see the reaction of Paul McCurry when you watch it back and his head go, head go, his hands go into his head. He's just like, I cannot believe what you have just done. But Paul, there's worse to come. <laughs> this is only the beginning of the trauma. Um, James, as, you're, as you were there, I mean, you must be thinking it's going to be another one of those nights, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what you think at that point. You just think, you know, what more can possibly go wrong for us away from home? You know, to not get a win. You just, you always think, you know, keep it tight. You know, see if you can stay in the game. Maybe get to nil nil at half time, because you know full well with with the the mentality of the squad over the last couple of years. At the minute you go behind, it's basically game over. They weren't going to come from behind to win, probably even draw. So you just know after within ten minutes that you wasted your journey up there practically because you're not gonna you're not gonna come back. I mean, they looked better in the second half, but still second best and still didn't really test uh, their goalkeeper too much. Um, but no, you, you know you're in for a long afternoon or evening when uh, that goes in so early. Yeah, I mean, it's just depressing. And then the second goal comes along. Carson gets completely bullied. And Carson last night, Hugh, um, he had a horrid first half, didn't he? I mean, he's a young player, so I'm not going to like say this is the end of him or anything like because it's not like that, but it was not a game that he's going to take much out of in a positive manner. No. For for me, there's there's got to be a way to bring Guinness Walker back into the team at this point because he's so good going forward, Guinness Walker. He won penalties in the Championship last season. And, and yes, he was poor at times defensively, but I wouldn't say he ever looked out of place in that Championship team that still got 50 points um, last year. So... I I just wonder what happened with Guinness Walker and Sellers that's meant he's now still with the under-23s, not even getting near the um, match day squad at the moment. But Carson, yeah, like you said, for a second goal, it the ball's come over the top and I'm just 
thinking watching Carson track back, just put it out for a throw in. Like you've got to get some kind of foot on it, even if you put it out for a corner or try and push it back towards button. But he gets this kind of half touch on it. And then him and the what really annoyed me about it was him and the Northampton player both went to ground. But by the time Carson got back up, like neither of them were injured, by the time Carson got up, the Northampton player's already taken a couple of touches and set himself. So it was like he almost kind of lay there on the floor, but he wasn't appealing to the ref. And it was like, why have you stopped? Just get up and and kind of like get stuck into the man. Because he had all the time in the world to wait for, I can't remember number nine's name now. I feel like it's like Appleby or something like that. Um, Apologies to Northampton fans. But yeah, he plays a simple pass to him. And yes, it's it's a goal that he should have scored from there because it's essentially a penalty. But he scuffs the shot straight at David Button. And again, it hits his chest. And I really, I don't, I know obviously he's at fault for all the goals and it sounds like we're digging him out, but no one had a good game for me yesterday, apart from maybe Lewis Wing and Nibs looked good when he came on in the second half. But for me, there there are very few players who can walk off that pitch yesterday at Northampton with their heads held high. But yeah, for that goal, Carson and, and Button have both had an absolute mare. Yeah, totally. I mean, you look at the finish there, James. I mean, the goal, you should save it again, but he's just... I I don't know how he manages to let it in. I mean, it's quite an incredible effort, isn't it? It's almost almost harder not to save than it is actually to let it in. But he he does it with a plum. You've got to say, he does it in a fashion that will get him on a bloopers tape at some point. Well, he virtually did save it, didn't he? He got a couple of strong hands to it, and it just still somehow managed to bobble under his arms. And you just think... Well, at that point, you think, well, Christ, you know, what what more have we got to do to get anything away from home? You know, if those two are going in in the same half, then you really are just thinking, well, Jesus, what have we done wrong uh, to to have it like that? But, yeah, the defence was all over the place for most of the game, other than Abby, who, were it not for him, would have easily probably been four or five, the amount of one-on-ones that he prevented with his sort of out-muscling of, of the forwards. Um, but, yeah, the... Uh, it was not a, a show for the, the, the defence off a button uh, last night in any any uh, positive shape. Uh, no, uh, definitely not. Well, it gets to half time. Lucky for us, it's only 2 0. We then take off Savage and Makari and bring on Hutchison and Nibs. I think for a spell, I mean, it's all relative, Hugh, but I think we did improve a little bit. Oh, definitely. We were we we're starting to get in behind. We had chances where the ball was flashed across the box, but nothing nothing ever clear cut until until the goal. And even that wasn't, I'd say, a clear cut chance. It came from um a lump down the pitch. One thing I found quite interesting as well with the game was I don't know, James, if you saw this from from your position before kickoff, was that the players were out there warming up these kind of passing moves where they were zipping it into feet um, the whole time and just kind of playing intricate passes to then give Aziz Eobishman a tap in into an empty net. And then it was almost like as soon as the match started, it just went, oh, we'll just lump it up the pitch at Kelvin or even worse. There were times they were lumping it to Vickers. And now every single League One team will have two six-foot-four centre-backs who are just going to head that. 40 yards back against Vickers. Don't get me wrong, love Vickers as a player. 
he's tricky. I reckon we'll we'll make a nice profit off of him in the future. But he is not all five foot seven, six of him going to win headers against League One centre backs. So it's like, why why are we warming up doing this kind of intricate passing? And then when it gets to the actual game, it's like we're doing Dean to Abbey, Dean to Abbey, and then one of them just lumps it when they can't see a pass on. It was it was infuriating to watch. And, and yeah, like you said, not not many chances created yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, it was a real sort of almost throwback to last season where you just think it was so sort of aimless long balls. The only difference between this season and last season was that there was a few more passes between the defenders before it went straight up to the forwards. But there was no, none of this sort of high press, high energy team that we saw at the first couple of games of the season that everybody got excited about. This kind of style that Sellers kind of set out with the 4-2-2-2 and, you know, the, the fans got behind, you know, everybody pushing up and attacking well. Instead, it was just back to aimless hoofball. And uh, in League One, there are teams that are going to be better at dealing with it than Reading are. And uh, you're going to get outplayed that way. Yeah, we haven't got a team that can shithouse anything, have we? I mean, they, they're not even, they haven't even got the basic guide of how to do that, yeah, have they? Let alone the absolute mastery, which so many League One players do have. And good luck to them, because they're just far more experienced. <clears throat> I can't see that changing anytime soon. Well, the goalkeepers decided last night that they were going to have the worst performance in combined. It was an astonishing moment from the Northampton goalie. He just thought, do you know what? Harvey Nibs is over there and he's got the ball. I'm just going to go and have a little chat with him. I feel like in the middle of the game, I'm a little bit bored. Oh, look, he's passed it off to Ballard. Shall I die for the ball and shall I try and stop it? No, I just stick a little foot out. I mean, that is... It has to be the worst night of goalkeeping ever in the EFL that I've seen from Reading because it was astonishingly bad. And I cannot believe how he didn't die for the ball there. I mean, thank goodness he didn't because we got a goal at least. But that was terrible, Hugh. Yeah, it was like watching um, when you play as a kid on concrete, isn't it? So you can't dive because you can absolutely scuff up your elbows if you do. But um... I don't know what went through his mind that meant he tried to kind of just put a foot on the ball. Again, it was happy for Ballard to get his first league goal, but my God, did it crawl over the line again. Like he put no power on it and we just all watched it trickle over the line. But um, yeah, thankful for a comedy moment for a keeper because we did, we did push him after that. And there were times I felt, but, and with their keeper, my God, for time wasting. It was getting, there were chants in the Reading end of just, well, not even chants. They just started counting down how many seconds it was. And if there's meant to be new EFL rules against time wasting where you book a player, the referee clearly hadn't got the memo yesterday because there were times in the first half where he had it in his hands and then he'd gesture at Aziz about three or four times before then lumping it up the pitch. And it's like, Players do that all the time. They stand near you, but you can still hoof it up. And the referee just didn't... I'd have expected the referee to go over and have a word at least if he wasn't going to book him. But, yeah, he was not playing by the new rules there. And Northampton, I think they just... um, After our goal, they really managed to kill the game a couple of times. I think um, there's one moment where two players just went down with cramp and... uh, it took about ages for the substitution there. I was amazed it was only six minutes added on in the end, to be honest, because there were 
it felt like there were so many stoppages. You could have seen about ten or eleven minutes with. Uh, with I, I think the um, the Northampton manager is a sort of early candidate for the Neil Warnock uh, void that has been left with him not playing us anymore. In the he was never not in the Lino's ear, um, absolutely bawling at the officials. Uh, and and the guy in the, in the press box next to me who covers him regularly said the minute they went one nil up, he said, "Oh, good luck coming back." They're very good at killing the game off. And I went, "Oh." Just what we need, you know, another team in League One that absolutely runs down the clock and, and takes their time. But again, we can't say anything because that was us last season and it didn't, didn't even work then with us. Um, but yeah, their manager is uh, one I'm keeping an eye on for the next 30 years for however many times we come up against him and uh, his shithouse techniques. What well, more a title to one, a Colin wannabe. I mean, it's <laughs> really, um, uh, wow. Wow, that's, uh, that's shaking me, that has. I'm not quite sure. But in the 96th minute, in true Reading style, we give away the third goal, which completely and utterly kills it. By then, it was over anyway. Button miss kicks the ball. <laughs> and then he managed to let another shot in from Pinnock, which you think, okay, two, two was bad, but now you've got the hat trick. I mean, the third one may be my favourite of shit goals to concede because it was so poorly hit that I reckon a 90-year-old granny with two new hips would have saved that it was so bad Hugh I mean what was going on I mean had you just forgotten that the game was still going on he thought nah nah fuck it I'm not diving properly I've seen the bloke down the other end he didn't dive why should I bother <laughs> I mean you're right we had a chance in the first half that was very similar and their keeper managed to tip it around the post I think from a big Kelvin shot but my god yeah it was it was like Button was just didn't want to make a save yesterday, just outright refused. Um, and yeah, I don't, it's like you don't want to hammer someone too much, but my God, I just, I got up and left at that point. So I don't, I, I know we'll come on to it, but I'm not sure if Mola got sent off or not because I wasn't in the stadium anymore. That, that goal went in and I mean, it was tight with trains back to London anyway, but it was just like, well, that's all the motive I need to just kind of, call it a day after a performance like that i don't need to kind of a, applaud for players off the pitch i feel it was just yeah and it, it just summed up the night didn't it button playing a kind of really crap pass to binden leaving him in trouble and then just even though there's still a chance to get it dealt with we just didn't it's comedy of errors again yeah, I think, James, we need to go through those two sendings off. Or was it one? Or was it one and a half? I'm not quite sure. So, Mola supposedly gets two yellow cards. I think he did get two yellow cards. So, and the ref gives him then the red card. But then he goes, no, 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 no. I haven't actually written this down. I need to get McRae on back out. And uh, no, it's not on there. Somebody's rubbed it off. But in between that as well, Yidam also gets sent off, off on the bench. So, he's not even on the pitch and he's managed to get a red card. I mean, is that the most Reading FC thing ever? Or do you think there could be more? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great show from the captain, really. I'm surprised they picked out Yidom because, I mean, the whole bench was furious. It was at that time when Femi Aziz was sent through and uh, the two defenders dealt with it and uh, they were absolutely incensed. And Sellers has already, had already been spoken to by that point. Uh, and um, one of the Bowens, uh, who was on the touchline as well, um, but yeah, apparently Yeardom had like smacked the top of the um, dugout or something and then kind of like ran back into the dugout to hide in all the faces of all the Reading players and the ref came over and picked him out and 
sent him off. So that's obviously him out for three games now with a straight red. And then Mola, yeah, he was booked, I think, apparently in like the 78th minute, so like four minutes after coming on. And then he picks up that booking and stop his time. But yeah, Seller said after the game that the ref didn't have it jotted down and therefore, you know, it didn't class as, as a red as a yellow card to start with. So then he came back on for all of 20 seconds for the game. I mean, it was, it was a comedy of errors, really, from both goalkeepers and the referee, who clearly had no idea what he was doing. Um, I, think, I think I heard the Reading fans count up to 28 seconds at one point before letting the goalkeeper take the goal kick. Um, so, yeah, a poor performance from from both keepers and the man in the middle, which, uh, you know, let's, let's face it, is something which we have on a regular basis now. Yeah, unfortunately, that is the case. After the match, uh, James, and since the match, there was lots of rumours about administration and the possibility of that coming up. Um, you've spoken to someone at the club and uh, you said that it doesn't look like it's happening at the moment, at least. Yeah, well, it was all my Twitter was bloody pinging off while I was driving up. Um, people tagging me in, in uh, something on social media to um, find out about. And yeah, I spoke to somebody at the club today and they said it's, uh, and I quote, rubbish. Um, so we're not going to administration this week, uh, at the very least. At least there's no plans to. Uh, who knows what happens beyond that? Um, you know, it's looking more and more sort of likely the longer it goes without a sale being done sort of at the minute. Um, but yeah, so the the, the story, we, we live to, to fight at least another three days to the end of the week at the bare minimum. As it stands. <laughs> As yeah. it stands, yeah. Because with Reading FC, you just don't know what's going to come up next. So I'm going to do some questions here, and I've got a horrible feeling they're all going to be depressing. I, I don't want to like be depressing on here, but... This is just a reality. It says here from uh, Georgie Dawes, Sellers has to change tactics. Our fullbacks, wingers and midfield simply aren't good, experienced enough to play this system. I feel like if we played just a conventional formation and went toe-to-toe with opponents, we stand a much better chance. Hugh, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, well, a couple of thoughts on it. I saw someone say on Twitter yesterday as well that, like, in this formation, the narrow triple twos, they'll call it... Um, the fullbacks are absolutely key in terms of providing you that width. Now, for me, when you have to do the kind of square pegs, round holes, be it Binden at right back or T-Mac at left back, who aren't natural fullbacks, they're more kind of like you say, not to, I know we do, we've done this in the past, but compared a Reading player to a Man City player, but they're not a Nathan Ake, are they? Where they're, they're like that in the sense of it's a centre-back at left back, so they give you that physicality. But going forward, they don't give you the same level. Now, for me, if you have to go to that, like for some reason, couldn't understand why Yeardom didn't start yesterday. If you've not got Mbenge, Yeardom makes sense to me. But um, if you've not got that width, because you don't have it from Binden, and even Carson, I'm, I'm reticent to say, is there because the players seem reluctant to give him the ball quite often. So when you don't have that whip from those, for me, you have to look at a change in system where you maybe play a 4-3-3, you stick Elliot in the middle as one of that three, you go kind of Elliot, Hutchinson, and then one of Savage and Wing to provide you creativity. And then you say to be it Aziz, Nibs, or Makairu, stick to the wings. Like, you guys have to provide whip today because... Too often as well, it's like we've built a formation that relies on playing through the middle, but we refuse to do it. Um, and 
I don't know if this is something because this is my second point, but you know it's James. We get the ball from the kickoffs, and when we're playing, because it seems everyone plays four four two in this league, the two strikers kind of stand in a way that means you can't play a straight pass from the centre back to the holding midfielder. But Savage and Wing just didn't move. All it would take is kind of just take three or four steps either side, and you can play a simple pass into them. And these are two players who are meant to be good on the ball, so can just take it in their stride, turn, and look up. But you've got, they're kind of statuesque. You've got Wing, Savage, Aziz, Makairu, essentially just marking themselves out the game. And it's really weird to see that before kickoff, they're doing all these little kind of intricate movements. But then the moment a match starts, it's like, well, I'm stood in my correct spot. So either the ball comes to me or it doesn't. But you've got to want it. And that being there yesterday, that was one of the most infuriating things for me was that no one seemed to want it. It took till the second half. Lewis Wing seemed to be the one who went, all right, give me the ball and I'll do something with it. At which point he started fizzing balls into Ia Bisherman, to Vickers. But at that point, you're like, well, we're already 2-0 down at bloody Northampton. Why does it take conceding two goals to want the ball? Yeah, I'm not sure the uh, the system is, is, is the way forward, especially not away from home. I don't think the players look like they particularly enjoy playing um, in the system. And, and with the injuries we've had, we're not, as you say, we're not capable of playing it. Um, so you're already on to hide into nothing by making people play something they're not comfortable playing with. Um, you know, there's so many more sort of standard basic formations out there that these kids, no matter how young they are, will have grown up playing with in, throughout youth games and, and you know even as kids that you, they'll know the basics much more than, than this four-two-two-two. Who's to say that you know maybe if things pick up or you know in a different scenario where we had better players or money to spend on players, Sellers could build a team capable of playing this way. But the way things are now, we're not, and he's going to have to think. He's going to have to change things up, or he's you know he's at risk of. of of getting found, well, already found out, but getting stuck. You know, no no manager can only have one style and, and stick to it. You know, can, can confidently when you're losing so often. Um, so yeah, he needs to needs to start changing things up. He said last night that he felt he did change things up before the game yesterday, but didn't work. So he needs to he needs to scrap that and, and and find a new one again pretty quickly before Saturday. Yeah, here's one here from uh, George Depry. Six weeks from Sellers making the call, James. Has the decision to completely sideline some senior players worked? I promise we don't actually, I mean, I don't actually know why that's happened. There could be a combination of reasons, but I mean, it hasn't worked away at all, has it? At home, maybe, but away, it's been dreadful, hasn't it? Yeah, but then again, I don't think they would make a massive amount of difference. Tom Holmes, especially yeah. so. I don't think he's any better really than the, than the centre half we've got out there. I don't think yeah, we've Tom had. Holmes, much sorry, cut across you, but Tom Holmes, I do not understand the fascination with him. No, I mean, I've got nothing mm-hmm. against Tom Holmes, but if any player needs to get a move, it's him. Mm. He needs to get out of red and go somewhere else and start again. But last season, he was abysmal in our defence, and the year before. Okay. Yeah, he's part of, part of teams that have conceded eighty plus goals in two seasons on the trot. Yet people seem to think. That he's, you know, that the answer to all all sins. Um, Nestor, I'll agree with. I think there's d- even more so with suspensions now. There's real question marks if he if he can't even be involved on Saturday, then what more has he got to do to be involved, or he'll never be involved. Uh, so that's a key one to look for on Saturday. But yeah, Holmes, I don't think he'll make a difference. I think Abby's been the star player for most of the games this season. He can't be dropped. 
and Binden eventually when we have a right back will probably push back in there. And Dean, although Dean doesn't seem to to look a cut above amongst the young players, he's, he's good enough, and I don't think he deserves dropping out of the squad, you know, in in place of Tom Holmes. So I don't I don't see the big fascination just because he's a, he's a Reading you know Reading fan and, and he's from the local area. I mean, you know, he's a nice bloke and he's he's you know been a decent servant to the club, but he's not even standing out in a 21s team. He's playing regularly in a team that lost six one to Southampton. Um, you know, he scored a, a decent goal against Leeds by all accounts, but defensively he doesn't seem to be particularly looking competent at that level. So, you know, bringing him back in at League One level because you've had a couple of um, hidings on the road, um, I don't think it's enough to convince Sellers to, to go back on his word. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think at some point probably we will see some of them come back in, but who knows what. So let's do this uh, final question here. From Tom, do you think the off-field issues now are finally starting to get to the players and management? It seems since the latest developments, performance has taken a drastic nosedive. Before we were playing okay with spirit, now it looks like the belief has been sucked out of them. Hugh, I mean, anyone involved in the club or business or any kind of life thing where everything around you is not in your control, you think everything that's normal isn't normal anymore. You don't know whether you're going to get paid full at the end of the month that's going to start to affect you. Some people are say that's an excuse, but it's still there, isn't it? No, for, for sure. And it, it's got to be worrying the players. I mean, if if any of us were thinking about um, if we were going to get paid each month, we would be stressed. And I'm sure it would affect our, our performances at work as well with what we do. And yeah, I do. I get it, but I don't feel... The performance has taken a nosedive. As I know Blackpool, Blackpool for me was a bit of a one-off. But last night, I mean, you've got the Aziz chance with um, the penalty. If that's given, we probably draw that game 2-2. Um, I don't know what the excuse is for games on the road. I've been to, so this season, I've been to the Exeter and Cambridge away games. Um, thankfully, I haven't ventured further up north for the other ones. But um, I wouldn't say last night was any worse than Exeter. Or we just look a team devoid of confidence on the road and like whether that's down to tactics. And one one thing I would say as well is Sellers is only going to get so long, not, and this isn't me personally, this is just kind of what I can observe from the fan base, is that last night, the moment we conceded that first goal, it was like a bit of a sucker punch to the stand because it had been so noisy before kickoff. In the first 10 minutes, we like you couldn't even hear the Northampton fans. And then the moment that goal went in, it just went silent. And it was like no one could even be asked to get chanting again because it's just a classic kind of, oh, here we go again, groundhog day of um, playing away from home and watching Reading lose. So it's like, like you said, they're not an excuse for your field issues. We have worse off field issues currently than anyone else in the EFL. We are quite simply the worst run team. And that, for me, that has to affect the players. There's no way they're walking in each day and can think to themselves, like, this is completely normal. I know we saw a Reading player, uh, current player in the squad, liked one of the um, pictures you put on on Twitter or X of the um, banner that you guys had at the home game um, from the weekend against Burton. So they... They know they're not idiots. They know 
it's an absolute shit show currently at the club. So yes, it affects them. But at the same time, I'm I don't see it because we're playing well at home and we're not playing so dreadfully that you can go, well, you write that off as as they're clearly minds are elsewhere. It's been four finishing. It's really starting to hamper the team now. I mean, Burton, an XG of two. I mean, that's one of the strongest ones so far of anyone this season. We should be comfortable in that game with the chances that we had. We didn't put them away. Again, Aziz, as you mentioned, had a great chance late on at the, at the back post. You draw that game. OK, it's not ideal, but it's a point on the board away from home. You know, we've had games this season. Exeter, where we what hit the post twice, didn't we? Aziz and, and Kelvin, extra way to turn it around. I mean, all we're, we're just lacking. Kelvin is being streaky because he's young. You know, he's not a consistent scorer yet. Aziz just isn't turning up in front of goal either. Um, you know, Ballard got a bit of luck yesterday, but we're going to need more than that. We're just lacking a clinical striker. And if you come away from these games, OK, you might not have played very well, but you're scoring goals and nicking wins and nicking points here and there, then people don't you know, seem to gloss over it a bit more. But eight goals in 10 games is, you know, we're being starved in league matches anyway, compared to the, what, 13, 13 goals in two games in the, in the last two cup games with uh, Millwall and, and Exeter. Um, we just need to start putting our chances away and, and results come and then confidence grows and then fans don't seem to get so bogged down with the fact that we haven't played very well. We're not going to play very well most weeks. We're, we're, on paper, we're not really a very good team. It's a young, young slash very old mismatched team that nobody else really wanted. I mean, it's as good as we were probably going to get in our position, but it's not a top half league one team, no matter what anybody says. It's a team that was always going to be struggling. And we're just lacking a, a consistent scorer to put away the few chances that we do create, um, which hopefully will come with Sam Smith. He's now got a big, um, you know, big shoes and a big job to do with the pressure and expectation on him growing with every week that he misses. Um, but we need him because he's the only man that you would kind of tip your hat on to score at league one level. Yeah, no pressure on Sam Smith at all. <laughs> but it's like the future of us staying up. I mean, I, I look at Reading FC and to me, it feels like we're in a building. There's a massive fire and all the fire exits are blocked off. The only way that's going to change and one of those exits becomes available as if the owner leaves and sells up and we get a new owner in. And that's when things will start to change. And who knows when that will be. But unfortunately, I think there's going to be quite a lot more of these horrendous performances coming up. I wish I could leave on a more upbeat note. I really do. And I hope I'm totally wrong. But there's fundamental issues that have been building for the last three, four, five, whatever years. And Sellers is now the person who's been left with the worst possible hand of cards you could ever have. And is he a great manager? Possibly not. He could well be a bad manager. But he's not really given a chance, is he? It's been really, really tough. And we just have to see how it goes and it pans out. And us idiots will keep watching it and pretend that we're not bothered. But we are because we're absolute lunatics. That's why. Thanks for listening. And if you do appreciate our efforts, give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Cheers. <laughs>